Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Soul Survivor podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Bird, along with my co-host, Jordan Heffler. Come on in, guys. We're back. Another amazing episode, amazing Tribal Council. I'm just so excited. I don't even know how to contain myself right now. I know you have a lot to say. Dylan, please forgive me if I sound a little groggy because I just completely lost my voice screaming at the ending of that episode. Man, I'll tell you, I am amped up. I can feel the blood coursing through my veins. I mean, I knew it would be a really strategic one since there was no reward challenge, and boy, did it not disappoint. I mean, there's really nothing like it. That's all I have to say. You absolutely love to see it. I know the blood's coursing through your veins each episode. My heart was actually beating so fast because that that whole tribal council was just so ridiculous. The idea Kelly threw out and the plan she ended up executing was just so good. Honestly, maybe an all-time survivor tribal council. Absolutely incredible. And you know, Dylan, I'm feeling some pain in my right shoulder from all the fist pumping I was doing at the ending of the tribal council. I mean, it was quite a scene, everyone. We may have to go live cam next time at the end of the episode on Hef because he was actually screaming in our apartment. Dylan, it was quite a sight. I know that the pillows are off the couches now. I flipped one of the couches. Definitely (laughs) one of the better endings of the season. Let's get right down to it. Why not? Let's get right into it. I'll get into my play-by-play right now. So the episode starts off. uh, Vokai comes back from that very intense tribal council last week where Jason got voted out. And you immediately have uh, Elaine trying to justify her decision. Obviously, it was something Elaine had to do. But, you know, the kind of fake reunion that everyone has coming back to Tribal Council where the person who makes the move has to explain their self. And then you have the people who obviously weren't on the numbers with the vote and they get all offended. And in this episode, it was Lauren who seemed to get really, really offended right away. She was crying to Missy and Missy was trying to, you know, make her feel better. And Lauren was saying, quote, I feel personally betrayed by you talking to Missy. It's a game like... It irks me a little bit when people get so offended that a vote went against them. Like, it's the game. The other people have to do what they have to do to win the game. Like, get over it. You're still alive, and just get right back to the next vote. That's all. How many times do I have to say it? What do you think you're signing up for? It's not the Bachelorette. It's not a place where you want to make friends. You are there to outplay, outwit, and outlast. And obviously, when you're going on a tribe where the numbers are 4-4... and Nobody's going to want to stick with you and ride, ride with you the whole, through the whole game. It's the name of the game. It's Survivor. Why are you crying about it? Yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting stuff. But it seems like Missy was able to really settle settle everyone down, and especially Lauren. And But then she, you know, she kind of went into a panic a little bit later in the episode, and we'll discuss that later. But it kind of seems like Missy really was the peacemaker in the situation, really did a good job of calming her down. And now we go to the other tribe of uh, Lyro, and you have Jamal who's trying to make a fire after the long, rainy night, and kind of a weird scene where he was kind of acting bossy around camp, wouldn't let Kelly make the fire, even though everyone around camp seemed to agree that she was clearly better than it. Um, Then he made a comment about Nora taking too much rice. It just seemed like he was kind of pissing everybody off at camp, and that definitely wasn't sitting well with the Lyro tribe. Yeah, I think we're officially hitting that midway point where everybody starts to get annoyed with each other, and Jamal is overconfident. We know he's a pretty cocky guy. He thinks he's the guy who can make fire, and to be honest, he sucked at it. He he took 
a lot of tries, couldn't do anything, and it seemed like Kelly did it on her, on her first try. And I, and I gotta say, Kelly really did a good job of kind of just being like, okay, walking away. She understands that it's a game. She can't, you know, have an emotional rant at Jamal. That, that would not be good for a game. It would look bad for her. And she kind of understood that and kind of just walked away, gathered her emotions, and came back. And I have to really give her credit for that. You've seen so many people lash out pretty much on every season, like several people lash out, and it just never goes well. And Kelly really did a good job of calming herself down, walking away, and she ended up being the one to make fire. So I yeah, guess I'll tell you, <laughs> if I was on the island, I'm there for 14 days in the baking sun. All I'm having is like two scoops of rice per day. I can't contain myself. I want to lash out at Jamal right away. If he's if he's taking a million tries to make the fire, and I can do it in one try, gotta, I, I get, would not be able to compose myself. Big props to Kelly on that. Yeah, you got to get the food in your stomach. I mean, I don't know what Jamal was waiting. Jamal was seemed to be like taking his time there. I don't know what he was doing. But now you have the Island of the Idols. The boat comes to Lyro Camp, and who's going to Island of the Idols? It's Janet. I'm really excited that it was Janet because I feel like Janet hasn't gotten that much airtime, but when she has, she's really, we spoke about this in the past, she's really, really impressed. She's kind of fought off that stereotype of being the older woman on the tribe. She seems to be a very, very good player, and it was great that we got to have some individual time with her on camera with her going to Island of the Idols. Yeah, we don't see her get a lot of one-on-ones, or we don't get to see her around camp that often, but like you said, when we do... She is very friendly with all the people, very strategic as well, and as you pointed out, she's been pretty, she's held her weight in challenges for, she's still kicking around, Bird. Yeah, I gotta say, and she was impressive once again at Islands of the Idols, where she didn't fall for the trick, Um, the game that she had to play was based on calculated risk, and Rob presented her the challenge like like he did to every single other person that went to Islands of the Idols, and she really just thought it through, didn't bite. And, you know, you saw Rob be like, why? And you thought that he was maybe going to up his offer or something like I that? I wish he did. I Right. I actually saw people talking on Twitter, like, why didn't he up his offer? Maybe it was just the type of... It was kind of a weird reward that she would have got. I've never seen anything like that before. So she wouldn't have voted and she would have just left. And that's... Honestly, she was right. It would have put a massive target on her back. So I do think that she made the right move not to take it and just say, you know what, I'm just going to have a nice day here talking to Rob and Sandra and just not worry about any of this. Let's talk about the reward for a second. It's actually very cool. I want to talk about it. Um, It's not just immunity. It's not just you sit there and you know you're right. safe. You lose out on the opportunity to vote with your alliance. That's a right. huge sacrifice. And people like Nora and others who just impulsively made their decisions – in the past, Islands of the Idols wouldn't have thought that through. Janet realized that right away, and she said, I'm in a very tight alliance right now. I would never want to betray my alliance by just walking away from Tribal Council because that's really what it was. So that is why I think it was meant for it to happen where a player was tricked like that and then ended up making a dumb move later in the game to cost them. But Janet realized that right away, and she said, you know what, I'm just going to stay away, and really good for her, i got to say. Yeah, very impressive by her. The first the first cast member to say no to Rob and Sandra and to just walk away. So very impressive. And as you said, Bird, she's not just thinking about the next vote or the one after that. She's thinking at the merge when the when the alliances are at their most important. And she doesn't want to target on her back at all. Very impressive. And now we know with the merge coming next episode, she will be at the merge. So good for Janet. Great move there. She goes back, obviously, with nothing, and then we flip to the Vokai tribe. Hold on, hold on. What was the most important thing she did when she came back? 
Oh, oh, the the Flash, the Flash. How could you forget about that? It's Flashgate. <laughs> yeah, Janet seemed to be having a little bit of little bit of fun there. Uh, <laughs> but good, you know, good for her. She was happy. She got to hang out with Robin Sandra. She could do whatever she wants. She made the right move, also. Yeah, so she's chilling. She's coming back with a, after a nice day. She's proving to everyone that she's not coming back with with rewards trapped on her. And uh, she gave she gave the people on the beach a little show. And Janet <laughs> Janet really is. <laughs> Really seems to be that mother figure for that tribe. They all seem to love her. So, look, I think she made the right move, and I really think that people did believe her when she said she had nothing. So, good for Janet. She also made. She also did a good thing by telling the right story. She kind of told a similar story to, to that Kelly did when she came back, and Kelly pointed that out and said it's good that her story is aligned. So, really, that the people who have not been to Highlands of the Idols yet still don't know that Rob and Sandra are there, which is honestly very, very, very good by the contestants to be able to keep that secret for so long. So I'm thinking, why aren't they talking to each other and discussing what they each experienced? Do they think that they're each experiencing different things? Like, do do they think that one person's going to see Rob and Sandra, maybe the other people saw other contestants, anything like that? Why aren't they talking about it? I feel like it's a huge advantage if you all can collaborate like that. Right, so obviously they have showed it in the past, like where Elizabeth and... Yeah, but no one on Lyra's done it yet. Right, but who who was Elizabeth with on Vokai that she discussed it with? It was Elizabeth and uh, Elaine. Oh, Elaine, yes, yes, right. They discussed it like it was Rob and Sandra, yes. So they kind of bonded over that a little bit, and it really helped them come together. But you're right, nobody on Lyra has discussed it as far as we know. I have a feeling that they probably did, but it was probably nothing significant that they, sh- they yeah, could have showed. Maybe it was like, maybe just like a quick sentence here and there, nothing major. And... Honestly, like if it was nothing significant, then I guess that's why they didn't show it. But that is a, that is a very good point for you to make that nobody it's at least not been shown on screen that they have been discussing it. So and you would think it would be an advantage. But to move on, now we move to the Vokai tribe and you have I have four words to describe it. Dan is still creepy. That is yes, that that was that was an interesting edit that Dan got. <laughs> um yeah, not the best edit if you're on Survivor. Don't want a lot of people seeing that you're a little too touchy little uncomfortable underneath the shelter and really not a great two minutes for Dan. Somehow he's still sticking around. Well, that was the crack that I was going to go into. Tommy and Tommy and Lauren, um, with their two-person alliance, they're down in the numbers with Dan. They decide, you know what, we're going to find that crack and we're going to use Dan as that crack and try to and try to flip the vote onto Dan because a lot of people are kind of fr- you know freaking out about Dan. Maybe he's being weird around camp. So I thought it was a good move with Tommy and Lauren, but Missy saw right through it. Yeah, so I was going to say huge credit to Tommy and Lauren, a very strong duo in this game, and it was a very good play to try to flip it onto Dan and say, let's get this creepy guy out of here. But Missy, another huge performance by her she's been amazing she read right through it she's like not only do i know they're lying but i know they're gonna be a strong duo going forward and she wanted to break it up so right so she so she's talking to elizabeth and she's like oh we're gonna take tommy away from lauren and then lauren will have nowhere to go lauren's not gonna know what to do and that was a brilliant move as expected they ended up winning the immunity challenge because they're so much stronger even though we'll talk about the immunity challenge in a few minutes it was amazing but Vokai ended up coming out on top, so they didn't have to target um, Tommy, but Tommy would have been the vote had they gone, probably. Um, It'll be interesting to see going forward. Lauren, I feel like, is definitely going to be in their back pocket, so 
I mean, we know Missy's smart enough to get Tommy out. She knows that he's probably the biggest threat to them at this point. So very curious to see what it's going to be like going forward, especially with the merge coming up. Right, and I'm also ready to categorize Lauren as a real player also in this game. I don't think she's... I don't agree with that at all. I I don't think she's just going to be a back pocket vote. Um, I think that she does have some social skills that are going to be very useful. I don't really think anyone dislikes her. So we'll have to see how that plays out with the merge. A lot could change coming next episode. But now I want to take it right to the... Time, no, time out. I, l- I want to talk about that take for a second. Okay, good. good so we'll you go think right she's going to be like a big player, one that could drive the game? No, no, no. I want to rephrase. I don't think she's I don't think she's a big player that's going to drive the game. I also don't think she's a pushover, just like Karishma in my back pocket kind of vote. I mean, yes and no. She... So, like, Karishma wouldn't have tried to flip the vote onto someone else. Like, she tried to get Dan out. But at the same time, she was the one crying to Missy, saying how she was so upset that she betrayed her. Right, but that, we she, see, we've seen that happen with a lot of good players just flat yeah, out in but the past. We, she, saw, we saw Aaron get very, I think very she's, angry. I think she's clinging to a couple people. She's not, she's not going out there and getting on everyone's good side. She's really sticking with Tommy and Missy. I, we haven't seen her interact with anyone else, and really. Something you brought up there that I want to point out. It's kind of interesting that Tommy was kind of hiding in the background at the very beginning. He was staying behind the big players, and now he's next to Lauren, obviously not by choice, but that's not great for him. Nope. He's, he's lucky that they're merging next episode because he was trying to stay behind Shields, and now it's pretty much out. He's a great player. He's a strong player, strong competitor, and there's no doubt that there's going to be a target on Tommy's back going forward. Yeah, I'm curious what he's going to do. He's going to have to find another group to stick around with or else he's not going to be able to last right so we'll see what happens now i want to go to the immunity challenge um i'll rank this as a decent challenge right i'll it say was fine i'll say it was a decent challenge uh they must know that they have a lot of basketball players on this on this ep- a, a heavy shooting season right yeah every every single uh every single episode you got to shoot some kind of hoop and missy and D- dean both played college basketball so very much uh in their area of expertise, except this time... I feel like we're talking about Jimmy Graham, the amount of times he referenced the fact that Missy and Dean play college basketball. It is, it is, this, Missy and Dean playing college basketball is 100% the Jimmy Graham of our podcast, yeah, I have to say. It actually is. It actually is. But, uh, then, Miss, you know, Missy tried to shoot the coconut like a basketball, realized it was too heavy, and then it all of a sudden just became an underhand toss. But alright, okay, puzzle... Uh, okay, um, challenge. All these puzzle pieces come down once you... That was my highlight. Once you shoot enough coconuts, your highlight, obviously you said the puzzle pieces fell really cool. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was really into the way the puzzle pieces fell. Right after the coconuts weighed it down, the puzzle pieces, it seemed like they were falling in slow motion almost. Really irrelevant part of the challenge, but uh, very aesthetically pleasing to me. And the puzzle was easy in terms of actually knowing where the pieces go, not for Vokai, because they really... They were wrong at first, but it's just a Survivor logo. Everyone knows what a Survivor logo looks like at this point, and they know that it's... All right, time out. Time out. What is the order of the three words on the on the Survivor free, Survivor slogan? Outwist, out, outwit, outlast, outplay. That's wrong. Is it wrong? It's outwit, outplay, outlast. So apparently it's too easy, but your host of a Survivor podcast <laughs> doesn't know it. All right. Regardless, regard no. Regardless, even if but but it's 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 puzzle pieces, so you don't need to know the order. You just you okay. could, you could tell by the shape. Um. But and then obviously, like if a puzzle was if a puzzle piece was cut on the words, you could tell that the W and the I are next to each other and outwit or something like that. You don't necessarily need to know the order. But um, the puzzle pieces were very very heavy, and uh, that was an interesting part. And then you have the 
aspect of Vokai leaving the door open, as Jeff likes to say, for Lyro by getting that puzzle wrong, and then they ended up beating him by like a half second. Yeah, if Lyro took the strategy of Vokai and had one person calling out the orders, I think they would have won. So Vokai had a huge advantage in the physical part of the challenge between shooting and then getting the blocks over, but they were really better organized because Lauren was the one barking out the orders. And when you're doing a huge puzzle, especially a heavy one like that, you need someone taking the reins and telling and giving everyone a vision of what they should do. So they, you have a bunch of people just focused on moving the heavy weight instead of having to focus on what, what goes where. Right. So I definitely do think that that was the reason why they were so good. Um, it was funny because Elaine kept yelling, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. No and one listened to her. No one listened to her. Then it was actually wrong. But they ended up winning. Tommy was screaming his head off, flipping out, because he realized he was done if they didn't win that challenge. So good. That for, was so funny. Good good for Tommy for uh, for his tribe pulling that out and him staying. And now we go back to camp, and Lyro is headed to tribal council. Yeah, so... Everyone everyone thinks at least it's going to be an easy vote on Dean. They there's a clear majority on the on the tribe. Jamal says he's never felt more confident before, which is a ballsy statement considering he has gone to tribal council without even bringing his stuff before. Anytime, anytime a person before tribal council says I've never felt more confident before, you know it's going south. You know that something is gonna. It might not mean they're gonna get voted out. Something is gonna happen not in their favor. And, of course, the immediate name thrown out is Dean because, in terms of the numbers, that's the way it made sense to go. Vote out an old Lyro, keep going that direction, and Dean is a stronger competitor than Karishma. So they said, let's just vote out Dean, and everyone stick together. And once they threw out Dean's name right away, I said, there's so much time left in this episode, there's no way it's going to be this easy of a vote, and it ended up not being that. Yeah, there was like 25 or 30 minutes going into tribal council, so de- so definitely there were going to be some juices flowing on the tribe, if if you catch my drift. Right, and <laughs> then you have uh, then you have uh, Kelly, who's like, well, me and Dean have this connection where we know a mutual person. I will say it again, one of the most bizarre, far-fetched uh, kind of things that they both know mutual friends like that's never seen anything like that right that's that's crazy like a one one that's so lucky too it it saves dean right so that so that connection saves dean tonight but kelly kelly could have easily just went with the numbers and right and but she she sensed the merge was coming she knew she had to have a vote in her back pocket with dean and because of that it propelled her to eventually use her idol on dean now, I want to talk about the moment where Kelly decided she was going to use her idol on Dean, that moment of inspiration in front of the camera. Very cool moment. Yeah, so she's doing an interview with a cameraman. She is just talking about how it could be useful to have Dean in the future. She has an idol that's going to go to waste. And then all of a sudden, the stars align. Moment of inspiration. What if I gave the idol to Dean and we blindside one of the stronger people that she can't even trust? The producers must have been drooling when that happened because there's so much stuff that happens behind the scenes that we don't see, and I'm sure the cameras don't even pick up a lot of what go- a lot of stuff also that goes on. Like, there's plenty of blindsides that happen that we don't actually see the thought process in the moment that everything aligns. Like a lot of times we're in the really kind of in the dark, left going to tribal, and we don't really know which way a person is going to go. But it's and. We weren't positive which way Kelly was going to go here, but that moment on camera was just brilliant. I, I absolutely loved it, 
and I got immediately excited because once I saw how much time was left in the episode, I knew something big was going to happen, and Kelly provided us with that moment right it there. It was going down for real. Right, so... And I... Hold on, sorry. Um, I also want to point out when Kelly gave the idol to Dean, or when she pitched the idea that she would try to blindside somebody by giving the idol to Dean... I gotta say, I really liked it. She couldn't contain her excitement. She was trying to play it cool at first, trying to be like, we don't have a lot of time. What do you think of this? And then all of a sudden, the smile cracks. She gets her survivor dreams coming true. Very cool to see. Right, that was absolutely great. And then they get to Tribal Council, and Nora's being herself a loose cannon. And She's I, being herself, that's a nice way to say it. Right, I thought, I, thought she was gonna, I thought she was gonna blow up Kelly's idea right in front of her face, and basically force Jamal to play the idol, which ended up happening, but Nora gets into a bizarre argument with Jamal where she says she's considered possibly bringing his name up. I don't know why you'd even admit that at Tribal Council. Just say no. Just lie. Survivor's a game of lying. You gotta deceive. Like, what are you doing, Nora? Yeah, and not only did she not say, not only did she not say that she was talking to other people about it, she admitted to the fact that it's been going through her mind about wanting to get Jamal out. Like, have you never watched the show? Have you never thought about the show? What are you thinking that you would tell somebody who trusts you that you were trying to vote them out? And not only that, Jamal ended up playing an idol for her after that. Right, yeah. So just a bizarre, 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 bizarre scene. I thought that Nora's like ram was going to blow up Kelly's plan because I thought that Jamal was going to end up playing his idol for himself because he would be a little bit more nervous now and they would accidentally go Jamal. Kelly clearly had this all thought, thought through. She's a really smart person um, and honestly good for her. But then all of a sudden they get into a whole discussion about um, gender and women and the strength of women in this game and it kind of distracts Jamal from everything Nora just said and just the, the whole combination of everything that happened at Tribal helped Kelly so much because not only did not only did Jamal get distracted enough to play his idol for Nora like what like I don't even know what happened it just everything worked out so perfectly for Kelly yeah I actually want to talk about the gender discussion for a second so another pretty powerful moment that the producers edited into the show they definitely could have cut that out if they wanted to so it was definitely good to see that conversation happening but I gotta say the the fact that they were so insulted by there being a concern of an all-women's alliance was pretty crazy, considering the fact that they had had that conversation about going forward with the girls multiple times during the season. Like, wh why were they so surprised that the guys were concerned of an all-women's by an all-women's alliance? They were talking about that and so, planning that out. So my thought on this is that, obviously, if you're Jamal, you have to consider the idea of an all-women's alliance, and, like, yes... Like you have, like if you're Jamal and Jack, you have to consider that you're not. You're there's three men, four women. That's something you have to consider because it's something we have seen before. However, it's something that has been brought up every single tribal council, even though it hasn't really been the case for the most part. Well, and think about it. Karishma said earlier in the episode, "Thank you for letting me play with you. I'm excited to play with you, girls, us girls to the end." And then Missy said um, that no other women have been voted out. So I want to keep Lauren so that we can maintain our connections and then go to the end. It's been a conversation happening the entire right. time. So, why are they so? Why are they insulted by it if they're literally talking about it? I think it's because 
Kelly in the back of her mind knew that that was not going to be the case for that night. So I think that she was just probably tired of hearing it thrown out every single time. It was probably just like talk about something else at this point, and she just she just had to get it off her chest. And that's honestly, I think, what the case was. Yeah, and admittedly, admittedly, there is a double standard. Like right. when three men get to the end, nobody's talking about how it's an all. In all, alliance. yeah, nobody's yeah. talking about that. That was never a plan. So there is a double standard to an extent, but. If you're talking about trying to create an all-women's alliance, don't be so surprised when a man brings it up. That's all I'm going to say. Right. So, I yeah, I, 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 like, I think that the idea you brought up is definitely valid. Like, Jamal, Jamal has to think that way. But you could also understand Kelly's, stand, Kelly's argument as well. And ultimately, this whole conversation, kind of, as I said before, brings the topic off of the whole vote. And Nora being angry and Jamal kind of just sets back into game mode and is like, I don't really care what Nora said. Like, I think that the votes are going to go on Dean and Nora. So once the votes happen, uh, Jeff obviously asks, is anybody going to play their idol? And Dean takes out the idol and then Jamal goes, wow, we put all of our votes on Dean. I'm going to have to do something and try to save our, our numbers here. And I thought for sure he was going to play it for himself because why wouldn't you play it for yourself? And he just figured for some reason that they were going to definitely go with Nora. I guess it was because they told Dean Nora. But obviously Dean Dean had some kind of plan. So if Dean had some kind of plan, he wasn't going with them. Why would he, why would he play it for Nora? I don't understand that at all. Yeah, pretty risky there. I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. If I'm on that island, I'm doing whatever it takes to get to the merge, and I'll figure it out from there. And while Jamal clearly sees the value in people in his alliance by trying to save Nora, how can you be so comfortable and not want to save yourself there? Are you crazy? Right, so I I think that this was so perfectly calculated by Kelly, because if you're Kelly, you have to think to yourself, all right, well, who did they think the other vote was going to be? Nora. Who's more likely to have an idol, Jamal or Jack? Jamal, obviously, they thought was more likely to have an idol, and he did. So they placed the votes on Jack. He was the one who went home. Successful blindside. However... And a sick blindside at that. Yeah. If if they decided that they didn't think Jamal had an idol, they, they could have placed theoretically placed votes on Jamal, and then he would have went home by giving his idol to the wrong person. So definitely don't like the move for him to give away his idol, especially where he when he really probably had no idea. I mean, he not probably. He had no idea who they were who they were going to target. So definitely risky move for them. He ended up getting lucky that it wasn't him. And I want to really focus on one aspect of this blindside that made it so great. Now, obviously the whole the whole thing with the idol idol giving and who to place the vote on was worked out perfectly by Kelly. But let's talk about her Oscar-winning performance. Not the first time we said that this season, once again. Yeah, so when Dean plays the idol, Kelly is shocked. Or she looks at it, at least. She's like, oh my god, what are we going to do now? Oh man. And she played it off perfectly. Everybody was, she looked as stunned as everybody else. What I want to talk about in Kelly's and Kelly's entire plan, not only giving the idol to Dean, not only telling him who to vote for, but how did she get Nora to vote for Jack? Right, so... I don't understand that at all. This was so brilliant because Kelly... I don't know how Dean and Nora didn't question. Maybe Kelly just got a vibe that, like, Dean and Nora were so happy that they weren't the ones going home that they they just weren't going to care what Kelly did. First of all, I want to point out that Kelly did something that not a lot of Survivor players have done, 
where she gave the idol to Dean before they got to tribal. So it appeared that Dean was the one who had the idol the whole time, not yep. Kelly. So now Kelly's, in, if from the perspective of Jamal and all the others that are left out of the vote, Kelly was not the one who was orchestrating the move. Kelly was not the one who had the idol. It was all Dean, so she takes the target off her back right there. She played it so well. Right, and then she somehow convinced Nora that they were gonna be that they could possibly be voting for her also. Where she said, "You have to vote for Dra- Jack. This is what I'm doing." And then Kelly placed her vote on Dean to double down and say, "I was left in the dark as well. I was not the one who orchestrated this move." And we'll have to see next week if um, all the other contestants figure out that it was Kelly orchestrating this move, but just what an absolute brilliant move all the way around. Yeah, you can call Kelly Geppetto, call Dean Pinocchio. She's definitely the puppet master right now. I don't really understand, again, how she convinced Nora to vote for Jack, but credit to her. Now, this all being said, very smart, but hopefully she... Hopefully this doesn't come to bite her in the butt later on. Hopefully Dean stays true to his word that He'll play with he'll play with Kelly, and he could easily say Kelly wanted to backstab you guys. Hopefully, I'm, I'm a Kelly supporter, so have, hopefully it doesn't happen. But that could easily come to haunt her later on. Right. So yeah, uh, you could. I mean, you could see Dean just trying to save himself and turning on Kelly just just to get for just to get another week uh, in the game. But like, brilliant by Kelly. One, easily the best move of the season. One of the best orchestrated blindsides all around that I have ever seen. And I think it will be interesting going to the merge because the whole argument about Kelly being a favorite to win this game was that she was kind of flying under the radar. She wasn't hated by anybody. She was low-key doing a very good job, and she was very smart. Now it's out that she's a strategic threat. Well, it's not out yet, but it could be out because she has made that big move. Yeah, I'm very curious what's going to happen later on. Again, fingers crossed that Dean keeps his mouth shut and just plays with Kelly because they could be a pretty good duo in this game. I could see it happening. I could see it happening earlier, and I can definitely see it now. So Dean, Dean and Kelly, you said. Dean and Kelly, yeah. So hopefully the puppet master to, can continue to pull the strings without having everybody know it. Right, and I think Dean has a pretty great story also because his name has been thrown around every single vote, and just him playing from the bottom like this is great. Uh, great to see. So I, I hope to see Dean su- succeed also going forward. Now, I want to close this out, the end of this podcast. I want to ask you, who are your three favorites to win after this episode? So you're asking my three, the three people I think are most likely to win. Yes. Hmm. So I would say Kelly. No explanation there, honestly. We know she's smart. She has people that get she gets along with everybody. Nobody suspects anything of her. So love Kelly to win. I'm gonna say Aaron and not Missy. So I know we've talked about them in a lot in the past, how they're both very smart, how they both are very manipulative and they both understand the game very well. However, I think if I had to guess that somebody's gonna play the game too hard, it's gonna be Missy. And of course Aaron's very good at challenges, so I think that'll also carry him through. And then one more, you know my boy Tommy. Tommy has been doing everything right. He unfortunately is in the wrong side of the numbers, but that's going to be fixed when it comes to the merge. So I think he's going to be smart enough to find a new alliance that he can vote with. And yeah, those are my three picks. Give me Kelly, Aaron, and Big T. Right, so if I had to choose, I would have to probably talk about a lot of the same people you spoke with. Now, I want to point out that Kelly could be a threat this upcoming vote if people find out. But however... If she does escape unscathed 
from the next vote and she doesn't get any votes, then she could be she could be very much in the clear again, Kelly, where people don't really suspe- suspect her as being that big of a threat for a little bit a little bit of time. Um, because once you hit the merge, everyone kind of focuses on like, oh, who are the physical beasts? Who are the people who are going to compete and win all these individual immunities? And that's what I'm a little bit worried about with Aaron coming up here. Uh, I think Aaron's a great player. Uh, he's proven to not only be a physical threat, but, but a strategic threat as well. I just think that once we start these individual immunity challenges, Aaron's going to be an immediate threat. So I don't know if I would choose him as a favorite to win. I definitely would have Kelly there. Uh, I think that once you hit the merge next week, it's going to be a lot easier for Tommy to hide behind those... those uh, big T. Yeah, Big T. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Tommy's from Long Island, by the way, uh, where I'm from. But uh, I think it's going to be a lot easier for... Tommy to hide behind death taxes and bird mentioning he's from he's from Long Island. Right. I, I mean, you got to give it a shout out. It's the, not not every season that you have you have some Long Island contestants. Uh, love to see it there. But what I was saying, it's going to be easier for him to hide behind the people who are a little bit stronger and challenges than him. So I do like Tommy's chances to get to the end. And I want to say that I want to put Missy in that three as well. Um, just because she's been able to read everybody perfectly, I think she's going to know when people are going for her. That hasn't been the case yet. Uh, nobody's really targeted her. Um, but I really want to put Missy there because I think she's just she's like a mind reader. She's just read everything absolutely perfectly. So I want to say one more thing, and this is going to be a rapid fire. I know, we, I know you just picked your top three that you think are going to win. Now I want you to predict the top three. Like the the top three finishers, not the top three that you think will, that you think will necessarily win, but who will finish there? So I think rapid fire, say it. Karishma goes to the end. I agree. Um, Carry the weakest especially, player, especially because she's made the merge. I think it's possible that Dan could get to the end as well, just because <laughs> he seems to be nobody seems to be really getting along with him. And so I think that one of those two gets to the end, if not both. People might just be pissed off by Dan and or Karishma at some point and just want to vote him out, him or her out, and that could be the case. But I would have to say that one of those two are both, and then one of the three that I just chose. I'm going to say Aaron, okay, Missy, and Elizabeth. I think that trio, which had a lot of airtime last episode, I think that trio is going to carry each other forward, and they're going to be... I think they have enough respect for each other that they're not going to turn turn their backs on each other, and I think they're going to be in the top three. Right, so that would be so amazing. What I what I love to see is like that season where you had Dom and Wendell, where they they were aligned the entire time, and they ended up both making it. And then we obviously had the tie vote where um, Laurel had to choose who won. I thought that was great because you had two people who really deserved to be there in the end. It wasn't like the one and then the person who didn't deserve to be there and got dragged, or the one and the two people that didn't deserve to be there and got dragged. So I have to say, if it were Aaron and Missy, that would be great. I would absolutely love that. But now, it's time for Hef's weekly Jeff Probst imitation. Here we go. So we're going we're going into the challenge. It's pouring rain from the previous night when everybody was very wet underneath their shelters and Jamal failed to strike a, failed to strike a fire. And all of a sudden, it stops raining. So Jeff, of course, has a beautiful commentary saying it's just another day in fiji raining one second and clear the next and that is your weekly jeff probes imitation brought to you by jordan heffler um so thank you once again to everyone that listened 
And if you aren't following us on Twitter already, you could follow us at Soul Survivor Pod. Thank you, everyone. Grab your torches, head back to camp. Good night.